0: Clinical Issues by Brian Burlingame Laminar Airflow Question. A new orthopedic surgeon has joined our staff and wants us to incorporate laminar airflow into our OR. We performed a literature search and are having difficulty defining laminar airflow. What is laminar airflow and how should we determine if we want to install it? Answer. Medical and engineering professionals define the term laminar airflow differently. Medical professionals define laminar airflow as air that is delivered either horizontally or vertically, in a straight line, and at a very rapid rate. The engineers who work in healthcare define laminar airflow as air that is delivered unidirectionally at a rate to allow for the specific number of air exchanges required per hour. To help avoid confusion and to assist with a literature search related to airflow in an OR, the terms unidirectional airflow and ultra-clean airflow should be used instead of laminar airflow. These two terms are related, but each has an independent meaning and different criteria that allow for the identification of the pros and cons of each. In the states that have adopted the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating, and Air Conditioning Engineers 170 Guidelines as code, ORs are designed with unidirectional airflow. These guidelines recommend that the air enter the OR from the ceiling, progress down over the OR bed, and then exit through return air vents that are located on the wall. The return air vents are located approximately 8 to 10 inches above the floor and either in opposite corners of the room or as far apart as possible. The incoming air vents are located on the ceiling in the center of the room, and the edge of the vents should extend to 12 inches beyond the footprint of the OR bed. The air should be delivered at a rate of 25 to 35 cubic feet per minute per square foot, 127 to 178 liters per second per square meter. This rate will provide the required 20 air exchanges per hour. The primary difference between unidirectional airflow and ultra clean airflow is the rate of delivery and the number of air exchanges per hour. Ultra clean air may be delivered vertically, horizontally, or via a portable device that delivers the air directly to the sterile field, over the incision site, or over the instrument table. Ultra clean airflow has no defined rate of delivery, and the literature reports that various rates are used. The basic concept is that the air is delivered at the rate required to reduce the number of germ carrying particles in the air. Charnley was the first to describe the concept of ultra clean air in the 1960s. He conducted a multi center quasi experimental study involving 2,287 total hip arthroplasties during which he determined the number of surgical side infections in the participants. And compared the incidence for three different rates of vertical airflow delivery. The rate of air delivery was 0 to 10 air exchanges per hour in the control group, 130 air exchanges per hour in the first experimental group, and 300 air exchanges per hour in the second experimental group. The infection rate was 7.0% at 0 to 10 air exchanges per hour, 3.1% at 130 air exchanges per hour, and 1.4% at 300 air exchanges per hour. Charnley concluded that the use of ultra-clean air reduced the infection rate during total hip arthroplasties. Lidwell and others also performed a landmark study involving ultra-clean air. Their study was a randomized control trial of 8,055 patients undergoing either total hip or knee replacement the control group underwent surgery in an or with conventional ventilation and the experimental group underwent surgery in an or with ultra clean air in the control group 63 1.5% of the patients developed an infection and in the experimental group 23.6% of the patients developed an infection the researchers concluded that the results of this study provided strong evidence that the use of ultra clean airflow reduces the incidence of deep SSIs. However, the researchers also stated that a limitation of this study was that they did not investigate the effects of prophylactic antibiotics or compare infection rates and in procedures in which antibiotics were or were not used. Lidwell and others defined ultra clean air as containing fewer than 10 bacteria-carrying particles per cubic meter. To determine whether ultra-clean air is present, bacteriological monitoring of the air must occur using slit sampler or settle plate methods. When Charlie monitored these two methods simultaneously in the same room, there was disagreement regarding the amount of air contamination. Factors that contribute to particle counts in the air and make it difficult to measure the air contamination by either method Include the number of people in the room and the number of times the door to the semi-restricted area is opened. To determine whether an ultra-clean airflow system should be installed, the first step is to create an interdisciplinary team to perform a risk-benefit-cost analysis. The team should comprise the requesting surgeon, infection preventionists, perioperative nurses, representatives from plant operations, and administrators. Other key stakeholders should be involved, as determined by the team, based on the complexity of the organization and the work that will be required in the remodel. The interdisciplinary team has many responsibilities, but the first is to obtain a definition of laminar airflow from the requesting surgeon. After determining the definition, the team should conduct a literature search using the correct terms, for example, unidirectional airflow, ultra-clean airflow. After completing the literature search, the team should answer the following questions. Do the benefits of the system outweigh any harms? Do the benefits of the system justify the expense of the system? What method will be used to deliver the ultra-clean air? For example, a built-in or portable unit. What airflow velocity will be used? What measurements will be used to determine whether ultra-clean air has been established? How frequently will the measurements be repeated to confirm ultra clean air is present? Will the air be delivered vertically, horizontally, or directly over the incision site or other portions of the sterile field? What components of the OR environment, for example, surgical lights, number of people in the room, will interfere with the delivery of the ultra clean air, and can these be decreased or eliminated? A medical librarian completed a limited literature search as an example to assist with answering the questions above. This is not a complete list, and if this topic is being explored, an in-depth literature search should be performed. For this limited search, the librarian used the keywords laminar airflow, ultra-clean airflow, and unidirectional airflow. A summary of a selection of these articles is provided, to illustrate the variety among the articles that may be found in a search. This search produced 22 articles that met the following inclusion criteria. Available as full-text articles, printed in English, published within the last five years, and described a method of delivering either laminar airflow or ultra-clean air. The search results included a combination of research and non-research articles the search produced articles that support the use of laminar airflow or ultra-clean air and articles that refute the benefits. These articles had several limitations, including that the studies defined and measured laminar airflow differently or did not provide a definition of laminar airflow, making comparison and analysis difficult. Another confounding factor is that some of the evidence included laminar airflow as a portion of a bundle of interventions making it impossible to determine the effectiveness of laminar airflow alone. The conclusion of this analysis of literature is that the evidence conflicts and more research is required. Other literature reviews also have found the evidence inconclusive. Two studies use differing criteria to establish the benefits of laminar airflow. These studies are summarized here because they define laminar airflow as it is used in ORs in the United States, that is, unidirectional airflow. Nasser and others study the levels and size distribution of airborne bacteria and fungi in a laminar airflow OR, conventional airflow OR, general ward, and outdoors. They found that the OR using laminar airflow had the lowest amount of airborne bacteria and fungi. However, the researchers did not put forth any recommendations based on their findings. Pinder and others performed a non-experimental study in which they measured the 90-day SSI rate in 803,065 patients undergoing orthopedic trauma surgery. The patients were distributed among 184 facilities using laminar airflow, plenum ventilation, or a combination of these two systems. The researchers concluded that the infection rate was similar in facilities with laminar airflow and plenum airflow. Two other studies illustrate the conflict that is reported between horizontal and vertical delivery of unidirectional airflow. In a quasi experimental study, Praversari and others measured the number of particles and CFUs in the air during the use of vertical and horizontal laminar airflow. The researchers found that 64% of the vertical airflow samples and 90% of the horizontal laminar airflow samples did not contain CFU's. There was no significant difference between the particle counts for particles measuring greater than or equal to 0.03 micrometers and greater than or equal to 0.5 micrometers in diameter. Vertical airflow significantly reduced particles greater than or equal to 1 micrometer in size and horizontal airflow significantly reduced particles greater than or equal to 2.5 micrometers in size. The researchers concluded that horizontal airflow was equivalent to or slightly better than vertical airflow at decreasing the potential for contamination of the clean area by reducing overall particle counts. In contrast, Sidrisida and Holmberg measured particle counts in a simulated OR that employed both vertical and horizontal laminar airflow systems. The researchers found that particle counts were lower during use of the horizontal system compared with a vertical system, and that lights, the surgical team, and other objects in the OR caused less disruption in the horizontal airflow. The researchers concluded that the horizontal airflow system was superior to the vertical airflow system. In a non-experimental study in a simulated OR, Sahal and others measured the air velocity at 100 locations within a 3-square-meter area over and around the patient, that is, over and around the OR bed. The area was divided into a 10-by-10 grid. The researchers found the velocity in the areas over the patient decreased from 0.36 meters per second to 0.29 meters per second after they placed the anesthesia separation screen between the anesthesia professional and the surgical site. The researchers concluded that the use of the anesthesia separation screen disrupted the vertical laminar airflow. SOSI and others conducted a quasi-experimental study of 34 patients undergoing total knee in a single facility. 17 of the procedures used a portable laminar airflow unit and the remaining 17 procedures were performed without the use of the portable unit. The researchers used the number of CFUs at the incision site and at the back table as the outcome measures. In the group without the laminar airflow unit, the mean CFU count at the incision site was 23.5 CFUs per cubic meter. In the group with the laminar airflow unit, the CFU count at the incision site was 3.5 CFUs per cubic meter. In the group without the laminar airflow unit, the mean CFU count at the back table was 28.6 CFUs per cubic meter. In the group with the laminar airflow unit, the mean CFU count at the back table was 30.8 CFUs per cubic meter. The researchers concluded that a portable laminar airflow unit decrease the bacterial contamination of the incision site to a level below that accepted for an ultra-clean OR. In summary, the routine air delivery system in an OR in the United States is vertical, unidirectional, and delivered at a rate of 20 air exchanges per hour. AORN does not make a recommendation about the use of ultra-clean air because the literature is inconclusive and the criteria for ultra-clean air has not been determined. All facilities that are considering whether to use ultra-clean air should complete a risk-benefit-cost analysis to determine whether introducing a new airflow system is feasible for the particular institution.